0: Hello and welcome to PW KidsCast, the children's book podcast from Publishers Weekly. In each episode, we speak with authors and illustrators creating books for children and teens. I'm John Sellers, the children's reviews editor at Publishers Weekly. Today I'm speaking with author-illustrator Dan Santat about his latest picture book, After the Fall, How Humpty Dumpty Got Back Up Again, about the aftermath of this nursery rhyme figure's infamous accident, which isn't quite as simple as just being put back together again because as this Humpty Dumpty tells readers, there were some parts that couldn't be healed with bandages and glue. The book arrives in October from Roaring Brook Press, an imprint of Macmillan Children's Publishing Group, which is sponsoring this podcast. Dan Santat was the winner of the 2015 Caldecott Medal for The Adventures of Beekle, The Unimaginary Friend. Other books he's written and illustrated include Are We There Yet?, The Graphic Novel Sidekicks, and The Guild of Geniuses. He's also illustrated numerous other children's books, including Samantha Berger's Krankenstein books, Jennifer Childenko's Dad and the Dinosaur, and Mac Barnett's Oh No, and Oh No, Not Again. Thanks for being here, Dan.
1: Thank you. It's a pleasure.
0: Well, you know, I I was thinking about opening with some sort of joke about like, you know, the subtitle of this book could have been something like, you know, how Humpty Dumpty got his groove back. But this is actually a really intense kind of heart in your throat read, you know, which is not to say you didn't put some jokes in there, too. I I think the last time we spoke was actually for an interview the morning you won the Caldecott. And, you know, right around that time, you'd been writing online about the pace of your work and sort of pushing yourself too hard creatively and otherwise. Is any of that at all connected to your reasons for writing this book or, or not at all?
1: Uh no, but uh I have had my own struggles post Caldecott in terms of trying to live up to the honor. That in itself is a whole other ball of wax. Uh actually it took me a, a year to kind of finally come to terms of just I guess accepting the fact that I actually won the award. This book comes from a different place. It's actually a love letter to my wife. Um and there's a whole story behind that uh my my wife my wife suffers from, or used to, I don't know what to properly uh, call it, but she, uh, you know, she had, she had, a, a, she had struggles with anxiety throughout her childhood. And, you know, we got married, we had our first kid, uh, and then years later, not realizing uh, until you look back in retrospect that she went through uh, a couple years of postpartum depression. And that anxiety just kicked into a whole other level. And it was, and it was affecting our lives uh, very much so to the point where, uh, you know, honestly, it affected our marriage a little bit. And so she gets to this point, she gets to this point in her life where she decides that, you know, she has to make a choice in her life whether to do something about her anxiety or, you know, just kind of live in a way to try to avoid triggers Because having lived with someone with anxiety for a number of years, a person tends to try to, you know, avoid those things in order not to be stressed out. Uh, There's nothing to say that there's anything wrong with that. It's perfectly fine. It's just, you know, when you suddenly become a parent of one child and then two children, then uh, it becomes something that maybe you can't avoid and you have to treat. And so this story about Humpty Dumpty just seemed really proper. In the respect that, uh, I think kids can relate about the anxieties of having something as simple as a fall. Like, you know, maybe falling off your bike and, and, and worrying about trying to get back up on that bike again and worrying that you might get hurt again. To avoid that trigger is that you just don't go on that bike ever again. And in this case, I just found that Humpty Dumpty was perfectly synonymous for the struggle to redeem yourself. And I always had a problem with that nursery rhyme where Humpty Dumpty fell off a wall, he had a great fall, and that was the end, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. It's just very neat and tidy.
1: <laughs> right. And I thought I thought it would be a great opportunity to just write a closing act for him that uh, allowed him to redeem himself.
0: And do you feel like, uh, you know, telling it through this nursery rhyme angle, you know, you mentioned looking at a story about anxiety, you know, it's, it's certainly... It can be read through the idea of facing up to one's fears, um, even things like PTSD and depression. I mean, do you feel like telling it through this nursery rhyme angle sort of lets it speak more broadly in that way?
1: Oh, absolutely. You know, the the character himself has become synonymous with falling, you know, synonymous with having been defeated by something that could be crippling to anyone, you know. And so the struggle to overcome that you know especially from watching my wife overcome anxiety it's it's not an easy feat i mean even in respect to the book the the courage to climb up the wall is, is not an easy task to to achieve um in fact at one point uh, when my wife was finally taking care of her anxiety she she went on medication there was a period where when the anxiety started going away she felt like something was wrong; she felt like her body wasn't telling her the truth and um that's just something that kind of that's just a deeper struggle that goes with anxiety i mean honestly maybe maybe after the fall might be a little too simplistic in terms of the complexities of dealing with anxiety, but for for kids, especially you know younger kids who who need a very you know simple lesson about facing your fears or overcoming your your challenges, I think I think I've managed to wrap it up pretty nicely and then probably have that as a starting point for anybody who probably wants to pursue further uh
0: help well you know and visually uh, this book is somewhat in keeping with your previous books. I think your readers will recognize it as one of yours, but can you talk about your your overall approach to sort of telling the story visually
1: um well, working with my editor, Connie Shu, we um, we like the idea of of this story reflecting the seasons, which may not be totally obvious in, in the story. Um, the story opens with a, a feeling of summer. It's a very warm palette. And then as you go along, you know, the story reflects the seasons. And so while he's feeling depressed, the leaves fall off of the vines that are growing on the wall. And then when he hits an emotional rock bottom, when there's nothing else for him to, to do, cause his favorite thing is to watch birds up on the wall. And when winter comes, he's at this emotional low where he's just settled on trying to watch birds from the ground, but it just doesn't fill that void of, you know, that, 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 that's missing from his life of enjoying bird watching up on the wall. And then the redemption comes around the spring when, when the wall becomes green and leafy again. And so that that's a subtle thing, you know. Like the the city itself. Uh, I remember I remember thinking about making this wall, um, just a giant wall of ivy, and then and then we kind of like making this wall. If you look at the wall, it's like a patchwork of metal and stone, uh, and that and that felt like it reflected Humpty Dumpty as a whole, you know, just being broken apart and then pieced back together. And, and the ladder, I think, uh, you know, the taller the ladder, the, the more intense the clothing act will be. So I, I had come up with different, uh, ideas originally. I thought it was going to be him on top of a, like a, at one point I thought it was going to be on top of a freeway billboard or, or something like that. Um, but just to, just to keep true to the nursery rhyme, you know, I kept it as, a, as a wall. And I guess one could debate whether or not this is true, but you never see the other side of the wall, uh, and you know uh, at, for moments we were my, my editor and I were joking around that the wall is actually the walls to a giant, round city that really serves the nest to all these egg people, <laughs> but you know you can interpret it any way you want
0: and and certainly, I, I feel like uh, there's a lot going on with the perspective in the book, both because of the the bird watching angle but also you know just the role that height plays in the sort of fear was that something else you were actively working with a lot.
1: Right. Um, you know, I wanted to play with these angles that, uh, you know, dealt, that gave you vertigo, you know, there's, there's a shot high at the top of the wall and you see a paper airplane and then you look down and Humpty Dumpty is just this really small little speck that's looking up at the, at the wall and, you know, little subtle things that, um, uh, a reader might not catch is, you know, his longing to get back onto the wall and, uh, there's a spread where he's walking alongside the wall and he's walking along the shadow of the, of the wall so that the shadow that's reflected looks like he is on top of the wall. Uh, just little, you know, little hints of how he's feeling that doesn't exactly express itself in, in the text uh, necessarily.
0: And, you know, speaking of the text, uh, you did choose to have Humpty narrate himself in first person. Did that feel important to you to really bring readers inside what he's thinking and feeling?
1: Oh, absolutely. For the longest time my editor and I were going back and forth about how the narration should be presented. She didn't she wasn't on board with the third person you know, she wasn't on board with the first person presentation because she thought, you know, if it was handled wrong, it could be very didactic, very campy. And so the original manuscript was Humpty Dumpty did this, Humpty Dumpty did that, and then this happened. And then when you get to the end of the book, when you get to the ending, which I, I won't I won't spoil for any of the readers. But I felt like there was a little bit of a cluttering of communication where you didn't exactly entirely understand what happened. And I always felt felt that having him tell his side of the story was something that would give a stronger emotional connection to the reader, like something that the reader could relate to. And so she gave me a chance to, to write it in first person and I showed it to her and she got back to me and she said, I don't want to admit it, but you, you, it's, it's a lot better. We should do a first person reading. And the problems that we had uh, for the closing of the book uh, completely solved itself just by doing that.
0: Around the world now, and for various reasons, I think there are a lot of people who are feeling uh, somewhat eggshell fragile. Um, <laughs> and I, and I, you know, I, I assume you've been kind of wrapped up with this book for a little while and you never know what landscape one is going to release a book into, but how do you feel about this book uh, coming out this year with people feeling perhaps uncertain or, or anxious for a of different reasons?
1: So I'm reading between the lines of your question and I'm not <laughs> so going, subtle. I'm not going,
0: yeah, I'm not going to spell it out,
1: but you're actually not the first person to bring that up to me. You know, that, uh, that's not what, that's not what, uh, that's not what the book was uh, written for. You know, like I said, it's a love letter to my wife, but if, if it is that thing that you need to help you get through something, then I feel like I've done my job and I have no problems with people feeling that, you know, that they want to define the book in that way. I have absolutely no problems with that at all. And if anything, I'm, I'm grateful that I, it could be used to, to soothe a reader, if you will.
0: And, you know, I think it's a good call not to give away the ending since it does make a pretty big impact. But what do you hope that readers might take away from the book on some level?
1: Well, you know, along the lines with the fact that this book is for my wife, it's also for my it's also for my son who is, you know, inherited that anxiety. And my wife and I have had these discussions about whether we should help him out now so that he can get a handle on it and then he can go through life without having to worry about things or if we should let him grow older and let him decide. Um, it's, it's, it's a tricky thing, you know, especially as a parent on, on what the right solution is. And I've talked to other friends who have had anxiety, who deal with anxiety, uh, you know, and they live their lives, you know, perfectly fine with anxiety. And, and who is it for me to say that, you know, That's not the right or wrong solution. As a parent, you can't necessarily always go up to your kids and say, don't do this, don't do that, and expect them to listen to you 100%. And so I don't, I don't nag my son about it. And my wife, my wife strongly feels that maybe it's up to him to decide as he gets older. But my wife and I also understand that if I hadn't said anything to her, she probably wouldn't have done anything about it because she settled into a lifestyle that, didn't require her to change until our marriage got affected. So to each his own. But for my son, who, for example, he can't even go to the movies anymore because, you know, the loud noises and the the big screen and everything really rattle him. You know, I, I, know, I, I feel like that anxiety has taken something that should be fun away from him. I hate anxiety. I really hate it. I don't have anxiety, but just seeing how it affects people, it just, it's a hard condition. And, you know, uh, for, it's just, it's, it's, uh it's a way to communicate to, I mean, on a personal level, it's a way for me to communicate to my son that, you know, whatever you decide to do, you know, maybe, maybe there's something, maybe there's some hope for you to not have to live with this constant, you know anxiety in your in your mind and and if you do overcome it uh, without giving away the ending that there's more to life that you can evolve you can move on and become you can you can explore more in life
0: well you know last year i think we'd written at pw that you'd signed up several books um with your editor connie who of course has now moved to, to roaring brook um can you talk a bit about you know what's next for you what's keeping you busy now
1: so i have i have a couple books on my plate uh Right now I'm working on my next picture book, which, uh, Connie and I are still sorting out. And then one that's currently, that I'm currently writing. It's a, it's a memoir about my life, uh, as a teenager. Um, and, uh, just a little backstory. My parents wanted me to grow up and be a doctor. Uh, and I wanted to go to art school and coming, coming from, uh, an Asian family, uh, that can, that can raise some, uh, that can raise some tension. And so, uh, the story is about how in my youth I, I tried convincing my parents to let me go to art school and the, and the struggles that went through that as a family. Um, it also deals with my mom's breast cancer and the tension that I had about gender roles as an Asian, you know, Asian male, uh, things like that. Uh, so I'm working on those with Connie. Uh, I just illustrated this great manuscript that was uh, edited by Neil Porter and written by Aaron Reynolds, and it's called Dude. Brilliant writing by Aaron Reynolds. Yeah, I'm currently I'm currently illustrating two or three picture books uh, at the time being, and then uh, I have another graphic novel that I'm writing and illustrating over at Scholastic uh, called uh, The Aquanaut
0: um and you know you touched on this a little bit earlier but you know now that it has been you know two years since the caldecott win you know how have things changed for you personally and professionally and what's that uh that adjustment been like um
1: it's uh i, I finally come to terms with with uh i guess letting allowing myself to relax a little bit but the funny thing that that happens with that too is that uh as you can tell, I have a lot of books on my plate and uh, at 41 years old, I don't have the energy that I used to, to do the amount of work that I used to do. And I find that extremely frustrating. The majority of the work that I would do, I would do it at night, like after 10 PM when the whole family was asleep. And now I could barely stay up past 11 o'clock. It's really frustrating to me. And I, and I, and I, I don't want to slow down physically. Uh, but mentally I know that it's, it's healthier for me to slow down. So I think that's just a constant struggle in life, both as an artist and both as a a freelancing artist, especially, you know, uh, that feeling of that feeling that you'll never get that phone call again for more work that never, (laughs) that never goes away. You're always worried. Like this might be the last book I ever do ever again. No, no. This is the last book I'll ever do. It's a struggle.
0: It makes you afraid to afraid to say no.
1: Kind of. But, but I do get that luxury now. Of getting to pick and choose manuscripts, but more importantly, I also get the luxury to say, "I need more time for this. I think that's the biggest part of it because publishers would come up to you with a manuscript and say, "We want this by next year, and now I have the luxury of saying, "Well, if you want me to be on this book, then it has to be later and and so far, in my experience more often than not they've 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 agreed, so that's that's been nice i've been i've I've, I've actually I've actually afforded myself the luxury to spread out my work a little bit more.
0: Excellent. Well, uh, congratulations again on this new book, and uh, thanks for speaking with me.
1: Thank you very much. It's a pleasure.
0: Once again, I've been talking with Dan Santat, whose book, After the Fall, How Humpty Dumpty Got Back Up Again, arrives in October from Roaring Brook Press. Thank you for listening to PW KidsCast.